When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The Sensemaker Hi, I'm Nimmo and this is Sensemaker. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, Shamima Begum joined ISIS at the age of 15. Her story has become one of the most notorious examples of radicalization in Britain. Now she's back in the headlines and the focus has been on her appearance. So let me explain. Let me first remind you of the details. Shamima Begum, then a teenager, left her home in East London in 2015 to join the Islamic State. There is an international search for three missing girls from London. Police believe they're trying to join ISIS in Syria. Elizabeth Palmer is at New Scotland. When she joined, ISIS was rapidly expanding through Syria and Iraq and taking responsibility for numerous terrorist attacks that were happening all over the world. Once she arrived in Syria, she married a Dutch ISIS fighter and lived under the rule of one of the most violent regimes in modern history. During that time, she had pretty much disappeared. No one knew where she was or even if she was still alive. That was until she was found by a Times newspaper journalist in Al Hawl, an internment centre in Syria in 2019. You're one of the best no green girls, right? Yes, I'm one of the best no green girls. We crossed the borders and we were in a house for the woman Things have changed a lot for Shamima Begum since 2015. The two friends that she travelled with to Syria have died, so too have her three children, her British citizenship has been revoked, and ISIS have been defeated. She has become the heart of a debate about radicalisation and statelessness, because after she was found, the British government refused her any right to return to the UK and stripped her of her citizenship. It appeared there was no prospect of her coming home. So why is she speaking out again? Shamima Begum is still fighting to get back to Britain. And this week, she did her first ever live interview with Good Morning Britain, in which she made a direct appeal to the Prime Minister. I want to say that you are clearly struggling with extremism and terrorism in your country. And I want to help with that, with like giving my own telling you my own experience from with these extremists and like what they say and how they persuade people to do what they do and to come to places like Syria. I think I could very much help you in your fight against terrorism because you clearly don't know what you're doing. Over the course of the 30-minute interview, she talks about how she was radicalised and groomed, how she didn't know what she was getting herself into and how sorry she is for the choices that she made. But the thing that has been most focused on has been her new Western look. She looked really different to that first interview she did when she was found in 2019, where she donned a black niqab and jilbab. This week, Shamima was wearing a nightcap and a grey tank top, and her wavy brown hair hung loose. The reaction she was met with ranged from suspicion... Absolutely forget it. It will take more than a slick of lip gloss and a baseball cap to convince me that she's not a national security threat, that she does, that she deserves any kind of second chance. Um, but I know everybody hasn't seen the full interview. To an almost newfound acceptance. She looked like she would fit in 
to Britain in the sense of just the way she displayed and the way she spoke, though. She didn't look any more like the, the scary person she was when she first emerged. One of the interviewers asked Shamima directly whether this was a, quote, completely cynical exercise. In other words, a PR stunt. But discussions of her appearance raise an important point about how we expect Muslim women to look. Removing her Islamic dress and appearing more Western was interpreted as a move to try and make her more appealing to a British audience. But it's important to point out that a niqab and other Muslim clothes are normal parts of Islamic worship. They aren't markers of radicalization and they're not owned by ISIS. As some commentators have now pointed out, by removing her Islamic dress, it might help normalize the idea that religious stress on Muslim women is either threatening or oppressive. And these ideas have material consequences. In a 2018 report, Tell Mama, an organization which records and measures anti-Muslim incidents in the UK, found that Muslim women are significantly more likely to be victims of hate crimes. Of course, whoever is advising Shamima Begum was making a shrewd calculation here. The British public has not looked favourably on her. Last year, YouGov did a survey asking whether it was the right decision to strip Shamima Begum of her citizenship. 70% said it was the right move. So will this change work in softening the public's stance on her case? Shamima Begum's case is complicated. She thinks there's still a chance that she could be allowed back into Britain. Do you think there's any chance you'll ever come back to these shores again? I think maybe, yes, there is a chance, given the right opportunity and the government changing their minds about me and seeing that I am willing to help them in their fight against terrorism and see me as an asset instead of a threat. But there's no new indication that this could happen. To those who support her case, there's evidence to show that Shamima Begum was trafficked, groomed, radicalised and was a victim of child marriage. To those who don't, She's a terrorist and a threat to national security. And it is to those people that Shamima Begum's new Western look is appealing. The journalist who first found Shamima has said that there are four things that we need to properly assess Shamima's case. Fact, context, responsibility and accountability. But the binary understanding of Shamima's case, he argues, peddled by both the media and politicians, makes establishing these things incredibly challenging. And the knock-on effect of this discussion could be, perhaps, reinforcing stereotypes that many Muslim women already face in the UK. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker. If you enjoyed today's episode, why not give us a follow so that you don't miss any of our other stories? Today's episode was written by me and produced by Imi Harper. The Sensemaker. <laughs>